Hi friends, welcome to another episode of The Stories That Wrote Me. I'm Dre Pompriand, and the story I'm going to share with you today is one of the most important stories of my entire life. You know those moments where something happens and you think to yourself, fuck, like nothing can, can ever be the same again now, like there's no going back. This is a story about one of those moments, about one of the most powerful catalysts for change that I have ever experienced. So let's travel back in time now to December 2016 in Playa Gigante, Nicaragua. I have just gotten to the beach. I'm gonna spend about five days here after having spent a month at an eco-community on the island of Ometepe. It's a beautiful island inside a lake. And I decided to go to the beach because I needed a little bit of decompression time, some time to myself after just being in this communal living for a while. Now, I had sent myself to the eco-community to detox. I had been working on a massive party boat in the yachting industry over the summer and my body was hurting. I felt fucking terrible. Like, I swear as I like tell this story, I'm like having heartburn. My body's like, let's not go back there. And I'm like, you're safe, it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I sent myself to the eco community, but of course being the party girl that I was, I still found ways to escape on the weekend and go get fucked up and make terrible decisions. Um, no, let's, re let's rephrase that, not terrible decisions. The decisions that I needed to make for my soul evolution at the time, but that were absolutely questionable, yes. <laughs> so now I'm at the beach and I'm there alone, but that same night, a girl that I had met at the eco community shows up. And so the drinks start flowing and I feel a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and I see the most piercing turquoise blue eyes that I have ever seen in my life. And I have this simultaneous feeling of who the fuck are you? And also I've known you in a thousand lifetimes before. And so turquoise eyes and then black, nothing. And I wake up. I wake up and I have this faint memory of the most beautiful dream that I've ever dreamed. And as I'm trying to, to piece it together, I'm interrupted by this pounding in my head and this sickness in my stomach and this shame seeping into my being. And I realize that this is not my bed. <laughs> this is not even my hotel. I'm not wearing any clothes. I don't know where the fuck I am. And so luckily I find my bikini on the end of the bed. I get dressed. I get out of this bed, which was like a two, it was a bunk bed, but it was like so high and it was made out of all bamboo. And I'm like trying to make my way down this like rickety ass bed. Like where the fuck am I? Where are my clothes? <laughs> Why is this happening again? Fuck my life. So. I walk down and as I come out onto the beach, I see my shorts strung up on this super high branch on a tree and 
I sheepishly go ask the the nice young gentleman working at the beach bar if he can grab like a pole or something and get them down for me, which he kindly does. And as I walk along the beach back to my hotel, I walk past just all of these little crabs scurrying along, hiding in their shells or running into holes. And I am so fucking jealous of them because with every person that crosses my path, my stomach just twists into knots and I'm wondering if they know more about my evening than I do. Hmm. And every smile makes me want to just fucking hide into my, run, run and hide into my own shell, <laughs> scurry off into my own little hole. And so I get back to my hotel and there was this beautiful little hammock area overlooking the coast and I sit there and I'm just, I am like in the throes of what Brene Brown would refer to as a shame shitstorm, which is pretty much always what happened to me after about the age of, of 24 anytime I drank because I would black out. I would just do a bunch of crazy shit. I wouldn't remember any of it. And then I would wake up and just hate myself, just not knowing what I could have done to, to embarrass myself. But this time alongside the shame and the guilt and the wanting to hide, there's this like lightness. There's, a, there's this effervescence. There's this electricity coursing through my veins and almost like the promise of something new, but it feels like restless energy in my being because I don't know what that could be. And as I lie there in the hammock trying to piece together my evening, all that keeps coming to me is the memory of this dream. And then I feel my phone buzz. And when I look, it's a message from a man with turquoise eyes. And it says, I'm so grateful that we got to experience that natural phenomenon together last night. I know you had been seeking it for some time and I didn't, I hadn't even known that I had been seeking it, but thank you. And I hope that you're not feeling too rough today. And as I read those words, the memories just flood back and now I'm in the moment. I am immersed in the bathtub-like water. I'm looking up at a sky filled with more stars than I even knew were possible to see. <laughs> Shooting stars above me and when I look down there, below me and all around me and in the eyes of this stranger bioluminescent plankton lighting up all around us and with every touch of the water with every move of my body I see this electricity moving around me one of the most spectacular natural phenomenons that one can possibly experience. And it's important to note that I had been looking for bioluminescent waters for years. When I found out that it was a thing, <laughs> that you could go into water and it would light up that way, I was like, 
I need to experience that immediately. I travel to three different places <laughs> along my journey just to get to experience that and I never saw it. Every time I went, it just, it wasn't the right time or they, the bioluminescence had been there a week before but it wasn't there anymore. And now I had experienced it. Just me and this one other person in the water, in this perfectly temperatured water, the most beautiful starry night sky. <laughs> and this phenomenon that I had looked for for years and I didn't fucking remember it. I thought that it had been a dream. And in that moment, everything changed for me. <laughs> I realized that my life was way too fucking precious to not remember it. That moment like moments like these were way too magnificent to allow them to be clouded by this veil of oblivion that I, I had allowed myself to exist in for way too fucking long. And then I heard the voice of an astrologer, the first astrologer that I'd ever met, who I had coincidentally met at the eco community just a couple of weeks prior and the thing that was so special about this astrologer who is to this day a dear friend of mine is that he was the first person who was brave enough or who loved me enough or who didn't give a fuck about what I thought enough maybe a combination of all of those to tell it like it is I had known for over two years that my drinking had become a problem but I hadn't had the audacity to do anything about it. I hadn't had support. I didn't know who I could talk to about it because half of my connections pretended like it didn't even exist, like it wasn't even a thing. When I would try to bring it up, it was like, no, no, you're an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic, so don't even say that, why would you say that? Right, so I couldn't share there and then the other half just cut me out of their life. But this man, he did something different. <laughs> he was there looking at my charts and seeing me clearer than anybody had ever seen me before and his question that I think about to this day was, aren't you fucking bored? <laughs> Aren't you just so bored to death of doing the same shit over and over and over again and going around in this cycle? Oh my God, it must be so boring. It must be so boring to be so talented, to have all of these gifts, to have this massive purpose that you're here to fulfill and to just choose to go just get shit-faced instead. Hmm, where has the oblivion got you so far? as I sat in that hammock just hearing his words they now were my words and I was really asking myself that aren't you fucking bored aren't you tired of existing within the throes of oblivion aren't you tired of missing your life because this really interesting thing happened when I started drinking problematically, I would say, I did it to numb 
because I just felt everything so intensely and it was just too much and I couldn't be with it. So I would drink and I would feel better because now I was numb. And then eventually it actually turned into the opposite where now I had become so numb that I had to drink to feel something because everything was so fucking boring if I wasn't drunk or in some kind of altered state of consciousness. And so now I would drink to feel. But now I had come back around and now I was in the numbness again. Because I was missing moments like the one from the night before. And I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't any longer. That moment had been way too precious to miss. And the whole purpose, right, had been to like get drunk and have a good time and enhance my life, but now I was missing my life. (laughs) And I would love to say that that's the moment when I quit drinking for good, but that would be a lie because two days later I went out and did the same thing again, not with the bioluminescence and with the beautiful stranger, but just got absolutely shit-faced drunk, almost missed my flight the next day. Luckily, I have a team of badass guardian angels, including the taxi driver who knocked on my door super loudly at 5 a.m. And I had relapses from that time, but that was the moment that my journey really began. I had realized that my drinking had been a problem, like I said, about two years prior, but this was the moment where I was like, it ends here. (laughs) And I'm going to do everything in my power to get back to a place where I can enjoy my life in my regular state of consciousness, where I do not need to alter or enhance or modify my human experience to fucking enjoy it. Because look at these moments that I get to have. (laughs) They don't need any enhancing they are fucking perfect they are perfect (sighs) and you know i've been fully sober now since um it's been 14 15 no oh my god longer than that 24 25 26 months (laughs) i've been sober for over two years now sober off alcohol and um, I think of that moment a lot I think of that moment a lot and it's always been what what brings me back because part of why I remain so attached to liquor to the bottle (laughs) was for connection I started drinking really young I was about 12 when I started drinking and in university and and yachting it it became part of who I was I was this fun party girl who was always down for everything and my ego identity got completely just entwined with that to the point where I didn't even know who I was without alcohol because I didn't even know how to have a conversation with anybody I had like projected this reality where I was just this like super outgoing over-the-top like fearless being where in reality without alcohol like 
I felt I felt quite shy. I felt quite insecure. I felt kind of awkward socially. I had a little bit of social anxiety even. And so I had kept this substance around that I knew wasn't good for me because I wanted to remain connected. But like I said, now it had started to do the opposite. Now I was missing connections or I was connecting on a level that didn't really matter that would be forgotten. But throughout my journey, it's, it's been a thing that's come up a lot. People being like, oh, come on, like, just have a few, like, whatever. Like, don't be such a bore. Don't be whatever, right? Like, just have a drink with me. Like, and that moment has been my anchor of being like, no, like, I love myself so much. I love you so much that I desire to be fully present and fully here for the experience. I treasure this moment that we're sharing together so much that I want to fucking remember it. I desire to connect with you so deeply that I want us to connect as ourselves and not as these heightened or altered or lowered versions of who we actually are. And I'm not saying this as like a sermon of like anti-drinking, like whatever works for you. If drinking works for you, fucking beautiful. Yes. Like do what you need to do to each his own, to each her own. (laughs) But for me, finally choosing to release that substance from my life has meant that I got to actually start living from a place of, of who I am versus who I am behind this mask of who I think I'm supposed to be or who I think others will like. (laughs) And I am at the point in my life now where I have so many beautiful memories. There are so many amazing moments that I think of and I just, my eyes fill up with tears. (laughs) And that's not something that I could say a few years ago because there was a solid two years of my life that I barely remember. (laughs) And I call that phase of my life oblivion where it hurts so much to feel that I chose not to. And then it hurts so much not to feel that I chose to try to feel (laughs) And then I just came back into the not feeling. And sometimes it's still hard. <laughs> you know, this last, uh, this last year or so, realizing that, you know, there are still certain things that I use as, as escape mechanisms and that I desire to release. And especially the last few months, like choosing to, uh, to distance myself a little bit from my partnership with weed (laughs) has felt really intense at times because it's intense to be a human sometimes y'all there are moments that are just so much easier with a little help honestly and even today before recording this I was feeling that restlessness again within myself and being like oh what's wrong and then noticing that nothing's wrong This is just, these are just the ebbs and flows of the human experience. But the only difference is that in the past, I would have reached for a drink or a bump or a joint or a fuck or a shop to help 
fill the void or to help numb whatever was coming up. And now it's just me. It's just me with the emotion. And while that may be uncomfortable at times, I would choose just having to, to ride out that emotion on my own a million times over ever missing a moment like the one that I nearly missed on that night in Nicaragua. <sighs> Thank you so much for being with me today. I love you. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it. I always love hearing from you, especially if you have any stories about you know, addiction or sobriety or moving through whatever you're moving through, please know that, that you're supported, that you're not alone, that there is so much beauty on the other side. And I cherish you deeply for being here. Thank you. <laughs>